0: Would you welcome Tim Cartwright and thank Brenda for being with us this morning. As I reminded uh, Gary last hour, he can retire as a comedian because those jokes are amazing. (laughs) And I'm not sarcastic. So Uh, just before we get started, I do want to remind you, uh, IMPACT, a lot of you have stepped up with host homes, hosting clubs in your backyard. We have Bible clubs going on in June, June 11th through 14th, but we still need drivers. There's about 32 people we need total, and we have about 13 right now, so you can do the math of the need there. Uh, it's a great time for you to be able to drive these teams to and from their host home, get in on the action, hear the stories of what God's doing. So if you could help out, just see the table in the lobby. We'd love for, to have you uh, help us out. Uh, in that regard, so as we get into mother 's Day today and as we think about moms uh, you know i was I was in Walgreens the other day looking for a mother 's Day card for my mom, and I brought Uh, Danny, uh, my, my brother-in-law's here and, uh, my little boy Noah. So we're in Walgreens. Unfortunately, Danny was corralling, uh, my little two-year-old Noah because he was just pulling all the cards out, throwing them around Walgreens. It's my bad bringing him in there, but, so he's chucking the cards around and I got to looking at cards and I got to realize that a lot of Mother's Day cards are really pathetic. There are a ton of Mother's Day cards out there that basically make dads and husbands look like idiots and losers. If you get into those cards, and maybe some of you husbands can relate, you're looking at these cards and you see, man, I never tell you how much I love you. I'm so bad at saying how much I appreciate you. And on and on and on they go of basically, and they may be right, I don't know, maybe the majority of this audience doesn't tell their wife and their uh, mom, how much they appreciate him but it is pretty bad. But it, it it doesn't end there. It actually goes beyond that. For the first time, and maybe I'm just late to the game, but the first time I saw in the section for Mother's Day from the dog and from the cat. <laughs> no, for real, I did. I promise. How many of you get one from the dog or cat or any other animal? Yes, couple. Yeah, you're not shy. That's right. In the last hour, they're kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I just don't understand why you're getting one and not the real mom, but that's okay. They're adopted, right? That's good. Uh, So, yeah, we get Mother's Day cards. Mother's Day cards are can be kind of odd. Hopefully you honored your wife or and or your mom today. When I think about Mother's Day and I think about some characteristics of a lot of our moms, I think about the word faithful. I think about the word faithfulness. And um, some of you may think the same thing, some of you may not. Maybe you you didn't have a faithful mom. But as I thought about it, I thought about some of the moms that have passed through my life, which would be my my mom's mom. You know, her faithfulness was very evident to me and to God himself because she had ten kids. She worked also, which is pretty uncommon back then. Uh, she had a husband who was prone to alcohol. He was an alcoholic. Yet she served God faithfully in the nursery every single week till the day she died. Every week. I think about my dad's mom and how she was always there to support myself, my brother, my two sisters, and my cousins in anything we did. A lot of it involved sports, as Gary said. We were. Uh, came from a sports background, and so she probably was at more games than my mom and dad were. She was always there to support me, always there cheer me on. And it's just a a special memory that I have of her faithfulness to me as her grandson. And I think about my own mom. And my own mom was was faithful in a lot of different ways, but one of the things that came to my mind when I was thinking about it was um, a story of when... I was younger riding my bike. Now, I don't know about you, but especially you guys in here, when you rode your bike back in the day, you know, you didn't have the helmets and the, the elbow pads and the full suit of armor, maybe, the bubble wrap, whatever it is that mom slaps on you now. But back then, you know, you just you just rode your bike and you probably could have, you know, you were saved many a time from injury and pain and, and uh Well, we would go over these jumps, and we never really checked out the landing. We just, hey, this looks like a good jump, all right. So one day, I'm out there riding my bike, and I get on this dirt ramp, and I land, but I kind of skid out, and I skid out in a bunch of gravel and glass, and so my knee hits the gravel and glass, and it cuts my leg open about this wide and about a half inch deep. And so I'm crying, you know, blood's going down my leg. I come in to the bathroom. Well, we had a wedding that day. My dad's a pastor, so he was doing the wedding that day. My mom was helping decorate, and so she's already gone. So I walk into the bathroom bleeding, crying, dirty, and my dad's there shaving. And I go in, and as most loving, caring, compassionate dads would do, he sits me on the bathtub, gets a washcloth, scrubs it a little bit, and slaps a Band-Aid on it. It was this wide and a half inch deep, no lie. I know pastors are prone to exaggeration, but uh, I'm not lying, I promise. So I got this big old cut, I got blood down my leg, I got tears down my face, and I come in and he just does that, and all right, got to go do the wedding, here we go. So we go to the to the wedding and we go to the church and the, I, I still remember to this day the feeling that I got when I saw my mom. It was like an overwhelming feeling of, of warmth and like everything's going to be okay now. Dad kind of screwed this up a little bit but mom, she's going to make it better. And so I sit next to my mom. I, I show her what's going on. She's like, oh, he's in trouble. But she made me feel cared for. She made me feel loved, and and I always could count on that. She was faithful to show me love. And so as we think about faithfulness, as we think about the word faithful, you know, some of you may not have had a faithful parent. Maybe some of you in here, you just can't associate with that, and sometimes these memories and these days even bring pain. And so it's important for us to understand that regardless of who we had as a mother, that we have the faithful one. The one that will never forsake us. The one that is always there for us. So we're going to look at a few things that deal with God's faithfulness and who He is and who the Bible says He is. The first one we're going to look at this morning is that His character shows that He is faithful. Who He is shows that He is faithful. We're going to be jumping around in different passages on faithfulness, so hopefully you can keep up but try to follow along. 2 Timothy chapter 2 says in verse 11, the saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we also live with him. If we endure, we also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So I don't want you to get confused right now in verse 12 when it says, if you deny him, then he'll deny you. So you're... Wait a second, Tim, this isn't right. You know, He can deny us. Well, the reality is this. That's talking about us denying the opportunity to trust Christ. This isn't, he's not talking about you are a Christian, you deny him, now he disowns you. Because obviously in verse 13, look what it says. If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. The character of God himself makes him faithful. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, No matter how you perform as a Christian, the reality is this. God will always be faithful because he can't deny himself. His character actually shows his faithfulness. And another thing that we can look at also is that his people show that he is faithful. God's people, the people in this audience, maybe people in your life show, just like my mom showed she was faithful. But in the Word of God, we see stories of faithfulness, whether it's Moses, whether it's Noah or Jonah or David or P- uh, Peter, James, John, Paul, all these men in the Bible and women in the Bible that God has displayed his faithfulness. And one of them that we, we've been thinking about a lot with impact training and what we're going to be doing with our Bible clubs is the story of Joseph. We've been studying the story of Joseph and man, what a story of God's faithfulness. You think about God's faithfulness in Joseph's life, and one of the things that I I thought of, you know, some of you in here know people, or maybe have had some people tell you this, that when you start to follow God, or maybe even you just have a feeling of it, that when you start to follow Jesus and follow God himself, that somehow things should get easy for you or easier. That some people actually say that if you give your life to God, that the pain starts to fade away, that you get more stuff, and that things are gonna be great. Well, I wanna tell you very clearly, that's not true. And if someone tells you that, tell them they're dead wrong and run from them. Okay? That's not true. And you can look throughout Scripture and look at your own life probably to see following God isn't some magic potion that makes it all better. But the awesome thing is that he is faithful to us and with us through it all. Look at Joseph. We're not going to read all ten chapters here, but Genesis 37 to 47 give the story of Joseph's life. And if you remember and recall what Joseph went through, he was his brothers were jealous and he was a little obnoxious kind of like me growing up with the youngest of four kids, but he was thrown into a pit. He was sold into slavery, rejected by his family, his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was bought to be a slave in someone's home. He was accused of adultery, falsely, wrongfully accused and convicted of adultery, thrown into jail. He helped some guys in jail and he was forgotten in jail. That's Joseph's life. Leading up to, a lot of us remember the great part of his life where he helped lead the people of Israel out of Egypt and delivered them through God, his work through them. But Joseph's life was really what we would say a horrible life. Imagine your own brothers selling you into slavery. That's the reality, but God shows in his people, throughout the word of God, that he is faithful that he was with Joseph all along. It's not like he forgot Joseph and then all of a sudden when he was in jail, oh yeah, I forgot you were rotting in there. No, he was orchestrating that all along to bring Joseph to the point in his life to really display his glory and faithfulness. So we see it in his people. We also see it in creation. Psalm 121 verse 1 and 2 it says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You think about God's faithfulness displayed in creation. Just look around you. Look at a sunset. Look at a sunrise. Look at the stars in the sky. That you see God's faithfulness. And you see that he, the same God that hung the stars in the, in the sky is the same God that's faithful to you. The same God that intricately designed you and this planet and this universe also is the one who promises to be faithful to you as well. And then we also look at his love. His love shows that he's faithful. His love toward us, uh, Psalm 118, 29, it's actually, if you look in Psalm 118, you actually see in verse 1 and 29 that they're actually identical. They bookend the chapter. And these verses, this verse says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For His love endures forever, as we sing often in this room, that God's love endures forever. It lasts forever. And if you look at 1 John 4.10 also, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us, sent His Son to be the propitiation or replacement for our sin, the payment for our sin. So His love is displayed in His Son, And shows how amazing his love is. He sent his only son to die for you. What more love can someone have than that they actually give their own child for somebody else? This wasn't any old child. This was the only son of God. His love is displayed on the cross. And it shows that he is faithful. And then also his completed work. His completed work shows that he is faithful. You think about God's faithfulness. You think about what he's done. And the key word there that I'd like to bring out is completed work. Not just his work on the cross, but the completion of what he has done makes it powerful. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his, of his son, Jesus Christ. So I want you to think about this Uh, in the impact training that we do. We get some students and we actually get them to put on a white t-shirt and we have them stand in the middle here and you say you're all the children and here's the student standing with his back to the audience and another student gets a sharpie and starts to draw on their shirt. And so they draw on this shirt and they draw the gospel story basically where here we are as as men and women, sinful men and women and we can't get to God on our own and they draw that cross. And then they show that Jesus died on the cross and then he's buried and they draw a little dark circle where he was put in the tomb. And one of the funny things that we try to remind our students is don't leave Jesus in the grave. Because they often do that because they're a little nervous. They leave him there. Well, did he stay there? No, he rose again. His completed work was God didn't leave him in the tomb. That's what makes the power of the gospel is that he rose again three days later and that we don't leave him in the tomb. And the power, the completed work is seen in the gospel, that God crucified his son. He died on the cross. He was buried. But he rose again through the power of God and his faithfulness is seen in that completed work. He is faithful to complete his work in you as well. And then also, there's a redemptive work that God does. It's kind of a long passage, but I want you to kind of follow along a little bit. Romans chapter 8, verse 19 says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So you think about this passage. You think about the timely references that Paul gives to even Mother's Day. He talks about how creation is waiting and longing and even in pain like childbirth. Waiting for God's redeeming work and restoration to take place. And he even talks about us groaning, waiting for, Us as people, I know none of you have health problems, right? None of you groan, none of you creak when you get out of bed, right? None of you, oh man, I shouldn't have run like that, or I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have lifted that. And we all groan, and even as moms in here. Moms, I want you to know that we hear your groans. Now this isn't, I'm not talking about we hear your complaining, that's different. I'm talking about groaning. We know that being a mom is difficult. It's a tough task. It's painful. Spiritually, physically, emotionally painful. And there is a groaning that takes place in this human body that we await the new body, this glorified body someday. And so creation and the redemption work shows that he's faithful, that he's going to do that. But it also shows that he's faithful in redeeming and restoring now. That we don't just wait and say, someday I'm going to have a new body and I won't go through this anymore. But he actually redeems and restores and brings his kingdom to this earth now. And he does transforming work in people who are addicted. Transforming work of people like me who might be too self-sufficient and, and have a sin of arrogance. Arrogance. He does a transforming work and redeems and restores people to a life that, of service to Him. And that is His faithfulness. He doesn't just leave us there in our sin. He doesn't leave us in our selfishness. But He redeems and He restores now as well. So we can see a lot of different things that show off how faithful He is. And as I was reading Psalms the other day, a verse came to mind that really puts it in perspective. It says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth I desire besides you. And I was sitting there thinking about that verse and thinking, Can I say that? No, I just read it. But do we just do like we do with a lot of scripture? Just read it and close it? Alright, that was great. But I just sat there I was like, Man, this is powerful. Do I really think that? Is there nothing on earth I desire besides you, God? And as I thought about that and meditated on it, this statement came to mind. Maybe we don't find God faithful because we desire something besides God himself. Maybe we've made God into our own image. Maybe we want God to be something that he's, he's not obligated to do. Maybe we've fashioned God into this God where we can kind of put him on the shelf and bring him back off the shelf or like a lucky rabbit's foot, say a prayer. All right, please, magic genie, help me out. But that's not who God is. And we treat God like that. I treat God like that. God's faithfulness is not dependent on what we do or don't do, what we rub or don't rub, what we see and what we don't see. The reality is this, His faithfulness, He's going to be faithful regardless. But a lot of us see Him as unfaithful in our lives because we've created a false God. And we say, where were you, God, when I was going through this? Why did you let me go through that? Where were you? Why do you abandon me? And, and God's saying to us in his word, he's saying, I'm here. I've been here all along and I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I want you to recognize that God today. That God who is faithful no matter what. That God is faithful in the good times and the bad, in the joy and the sorrow. So what do we do with this faithfulness? We've seen the faithfulness of God revealed in his Work on the cross in redemption, in creation, in his love for us, in his people. What do we do with it? A few things. We can praise him. We can thank him. We can glorify him and say, it is you, God, who are faithful. I am unfaithful. You are faithful. We can rest in it and let that faithfulness just wash over us. As we go through hurt and pain and tough times, we can let that faithfulness cure us. We can also tell it to our kids like Gary, Pastor Gary was saying earlier. These little babies up here. We can pass it along. The faithfulness of God endures forever and tell it to our kids. Tell it to our grandkids. You young people, children in here, you can pass it along to your friends and just tell everyone you know of how faithful God is. And you can also live it out. You can say, God, you are faithful and it's only because you are faithful that I can be faithful. You husbands in here. You moms in here. You be faithful to one another. You students in here. Be faithful to the God that you serve and live it out. And as we think about that, you know, I discussed a little bit of some moms that have crossed my path. My own mom, my grandmoms. But I want to conclude with uh, the most special mom that I know. And she's in this room even right now, and I'm not going to make her stand up, but it's Candace, my wife. I was joking with her saying I was going to put a picture up on the screen too. I was like, which picture do you want me to put up here? And she's like, don't even try it. (laughs) But as I was thinking about faithfulness and God's faithfulness, and through my mom and my grandmoms, and then I thought about Candace and our 14 years of marriage. And I thought about the things that we've been through together, and I specifically thought about her life, because she has been through some pretty tough things. She's been through some immense trials and we've been through them together. Now, God brought her, when we first got married, into a dark state of depression. A state where it was one of those things where we didn't know if she was going to get out of it. We didn't know what was happening there and what God was trying to do. But you know what? God was faithful there. You know, we went through a lot of difficult times. Uh, we, we went, and some people said last hour, maybe it was just because she got married to you that she was depressed. But uh, could be, I don't know. But we were also going through other difficulties, whether it was her seven different surgeries she had. Uh, we, we were trying to get pregnant, trying to have her first child. It took us three years. We didn't know if we were going to be able to have children. Was God not faithful? Was he not there in her struggle, in our struggle? Did he abandon us and leave us in a dark place? On top of all that, she was actually, and she reminds me of this, especially when I don't appreciate her enough, that she was actually almost died twice. And hopefully someday we can kind of get to share her story together. I know she doesn't want to be up here, but she actually almost died twice. And as I think about that and as I pondered that and, man, the crazy things that she's been through, that we've been through. But when we looked back on them together, it wasn't like we looked back on them as fear and, and pain and sorrow and, and darkness. We actually looked back on them and say, well, how did we get through that? And the reality is this. God was faithful all the way through. God was working His glory in our lives. Now, even in the pain of waiting for three years to even know if we'll get pregnant, even in the pain of someone being in a dark place where they don't know, they don't have direction, that God's faithful. Even in the pain of almost losing the person that you love most in your life, that he's still faithful and he's powerful. And that's what I want to leave you with this morning is that God is faithful through it all and he always has been faithful. He always will be. And as we were discussing this, my wife and I, we were talking about Proverbs and there's a chapter at the end of Proverbs that describes this superwoman, you know? The, the Proverbs 31 woman, you know, and... A lot of people read it and they're like, no way, I could never be that. But the reality is this, that in Proverbs, and Candice reminded me of this, there's actually a verse, Proverbs 31.25, that actually describes this woman as one who laughs at the time to come. It's just a little part of that. And we got to thinking about that and kind of describing it together. And she's like, you know, it's not that you're just oblivious and living your life like you know someone lost and not really in touch with the world but you're actually connected to a Father and a faithful one who's with you through those coming trials. He's with you through those sufferings and tough times, and so that you can have an optimistic outlook and even a laughter, so to speak, to say, you know what, He's with me. He will be with me. He's walking alongside me. Sometimes He's even carrying you through these times. So I pray that you will have that perspective as well. Not like Candace and I are some super Christians and we got it all together. The faithfulness and the recognition of His faithfulness comes from the Holy Spirit showing us over and over again when we forget it that He, our God, is faithful. Let's pray together. Dear Lord God, we come before you and thank you for your grace. We thank you for being faithful and sending your Son the gospel message. What a great picture of your faithfulness what you did on the cross for us. Lord, I pray that we will let it wash over us, that we will meditate on it even as we get ready to sing this song that speaks of your faithfulness, that speaks to exactly what we read in your word of how faithful you are. Lord, as we sing, as we listen to the words of this song, Lord, I pray that you will show us, reveal to us your power, that you are with us, that you are faithful, that you will never deny us. You can't deny us because it's against who you are. Lord, help us to find rest in you today. In your name we pray. Amen. Standing
1: this mountain top Looking just how far we've come Knowing that for every step You were with us Kneeling on this battleground Seeing just how much you've done Knowing every victory should your power in us Scars and struggles on the way But with joy our hearts can say Yes, our hearts can say Never once did we our voices to you that you are a faithful God for your love that is unending and your grace that is sufficient Lord we bow in your presence and we thank you for the gift of mothers that you have given us Lord we pray a special blessing upon them this day Father we pray that your spirit would empower them to do the impossible at times we're grateful for them and we're grateful for you Lord for your love for us You are faithful. We adore you. We honor you with all that we are. We go our way in Christ's name. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. You are dismissed.